Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Kings and Queens, welcome to the Football Ramble. It's, I hope you've had a good Christmas and, uh, and you're having a lovely New Year because that's probably what you're doing whilst uh, listening to this. Uh, the chaps are with me. Pete's here. Yes, I am. Hello. Luke is here. All right. James or Jim completes the sexy trio. <laughs> Hello. You're not including yourself in the sexiness, Mark. Uh, he's mate. outside looking in, he's a voyeur. <laughs> what, a, what a perv. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, beautiful, probably. Um, 2010 is, is upon us. Mm. And we're going to have a... Yeah. Are you going to be called 2010 or 2010? Mm. And are these the teens? Yeah. Have we got a word for oh, that? Kind of, if anyone knows what to say, email in. Yeah. Yeah, we've got we've gone from the naughties to the nasties. But we ignored <laughs> we ignored the naughties for most of the decade. Yeah. It's only now we're retrospecting it that we actually say that. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Difficult time travel. Should we do a football show already? <laughs> Why not? Um, <laughs> let's look back at two thousand and nine, if you will, okay. um, uh, gentlemen. What something? That's happened in 2009. Perhaps a player, a team, a moment, a match, a tournament. The possible sending off. The possibilities are endless. A highlight of 2009. Luke, what have you got for us? Um, my my highlight of 2009 <laughs> would probably be. Uh, I really really enjoyed the Confederations Cup. Oh yeah, that was that would probably be mine. Um, obviously, Brazil were victorious in a wonderful mm. final. Yeah, against let's the not, US. Let's yeah. not forget, the US got a really good account of themselves. Was it the second goal by Donovan? Was a beauty. It was a, on the break. Yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. rapido quick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that for me, that was a superb tour. And, and I think the reason I sort of hold it in such high esteem is because I probably wasn't really expecting that much sort of close season. Yeah. And you think, oh well, I might as well watch it. You know, it'll be good. Um, I present a football show, so I might as well watch it. <laughs> and uh, no, and, and in all seriousness, it was it was a really really great spectacle. The only thing that sort of and I know it's sort of run as a sort of dry run for the World Cup for South Africa, but those Vuvuzelas annoyed me a little bit. Right. But apart from that, there was a, you can't really you can't really say. Oh, there yeah, was a couple of great off, yeah. there was a couple of great free kicks in that tournament. Danny Alves in the semi final, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. and the South African I forget his name against Spain, who smashed one in from about thirty. Yards. They didn't do really, really do an awful lot apart from that South Africa, unfortunately. Right. Well, yeah, it took Spain to extra time. They're not a great um, was it extra great time. Side. They took them to. I think it was extra time. They're not a great side though, in general. Interesting to see Spain lose as well. It's all yeah. to, to the US. But the US, yeah, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're I mean, also, the, the final was brilliant, and it was great just to see such an interesting, like, 
brilliant, brilliant spectacle of a final because you really don't expect it from a tournament like that. And it was it just, you know, it gets you excited ahead of the World Cup. Definitely. It really, really works with your appetite. I lumped on Brazil as soon as they went two down as well. <laughs> <laughs> James, uh, 2009 highlight thingy. Well, my highlight of 2009 would be the Champions League final because, um, as some listeners will probably remember, Marcus and I were lucky enough to actually be there. Um, and it was just the most incredible thing I've ever seen. It was the a great atmosphere. Final. Yeah, it was a superb final. It was an absolute lesson in football from Barcelona from about four. From as soon as they scored the goal, really, and just I've never known an atmosphere like it. We, we were talking about this at the time, Marcus, but I think the only thing that would probably come near it would be the World Cup final, which yeah, like, just in terms, it oh, was yeah. just chaos. It was just absolute, just pure adrenaline, just excitement everywhere. It was brilliant. It was dreamy. It was. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great game. You know, obviously, I watched it from the, from, from the comfort of my own sofa, but it, so probably I wouldn't be able to get the sort of atmosphere or anything like that. But in terms of a, of a final, I mean, it was like you said, it was a footballing lesson. It was one that you know you'll you mm. remember for a very yeah. long time, definitely. And we had a nice run for the bus after. Yeah, I yeah. fell over, banged me knee on a rock. Let's go through that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're interested in that story, yeah. let me just... Yeah. Uh, Fucking turn your iPod off. Do <laughs> <laughs> something more interesting. Um, uh, <laughs> Jealous! And, uh, but mine would be the highlight of 2009. Do you know what? It's actually one that's gone throughout the whole year, and it's to do with the promoted sides into the Premier League. Yeah. Um, I was... It was. I think it was great to see. That, that I think it was the first time ever that more than one promoted side stayed up mm-hmm. at the end of the uh, two thousand eight two thousand and nine season, and and the, the promoted team was doing so well this season. Mm. I think that's been a real highlight for me. Well, I think especially absolutely, yeah. 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 absolutely brilliantly well. Be interesting to see if a couple of sort of the yo-yo teams like Birmingham will be able to like consolidate and just actually stay up there and make the league a bit tougher. Because I mean, we're seeing this season the, the top teams are getting beaten all over the place. Mm. You know, it's really, really actually you affected the, lost the like league. Five games already something or something. Like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Birmingham have got about eleven games on beat. If they can, get, if they can strengthen in January as well. You know, they've got a chance of, of, of really. Oh, I mean, they're not going to get to Europe, but they'll, they'll, they could finish sort of around mid table, which would be a yeah. good achievement for them. They can make, possibly really kick off. I think Alex McLeish has done a really good job there. Yeah. I, think, I don't think people are making enough of it. To be honest, he's, he's built them, hasn't he? He's done really, really well. Yeah, Pete. Yeah, um, uh, that man brushing his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. That is a good one. Yeah, hands down. I mean, what what's better than a man seeing a man brush his teeth? That was at Stamford Bridge, of course. I get a bit of a tickle every time I do it myself. I mean, I've got yeah, a mate I'm... who doesn't like listening to people brush their teeth. He sort of it, to him, it's like when you scratch your nails down a blackboard. Mm. He can't be in the same room as someone brushing his teeth. And and, it, and <laughs> no. he went through a phase of when he was brushing his own teeth, it always make him sick. Oh, yeah, so. what a weird thing. So you you, can get that you won't see him down Stamford Bridge with a toothbrush. Maybe you, can, maybe you can get that sort of gum that you kind of. It's a bit like a teeth uh, cleaner. Yeah, maybe, yeah. I'll know. pass it on. Yeah, if you want Gum that's a bit like a teeth cleaner. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. What in I'll pass God's it on. name. Yeah, oh, like a chewing gum. It wasn't the I best. Meant like, I thought you meant like a pair of gums that are connected to teeth. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult, um, man. But you've got to say they've got to clean his teeth because Newcastle got relegated and you're very disappointed about that. Well, yeah, I mean, I didn't have that many highlights this year. But we're doing that. Let's have a <laughs> Quick uh, recap of the highlights. We've got the Confederations Cup, we've got the European Champions League, promoted size into the Premier League with a man brushing his teeth. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> do uh, what, most hated things, most hated people, teams, players, moments, most hated things in 2009. Uh, Lukey, we're looking at you to go first here. Will... We're not looking at you yeah. for that particular... Well, you are looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you're, looking at you're me. not well, one of my hated things. Yeah, but basically, <laughs> wherever we are in a room, we're standing next to you, yeah. aren't we? So, um... <laughs> oh, it's not very nice. <laughs> <laughs> not in the spirit of Christmas. Smash Christmas jumper he's wearing, I can tell you. It's got a wolf on it. It's not a Christmas jumper. Isn't it? Unless you're a wolf. Yeah. <laughs> Wolves celebrate Christmas. Skin, isn't it? <laughs> be weird. Don't they? 
Anyway, this isn't my whole life. Just ask Mick Go on. Hated um, thing to Well, mine would on. probably be the, the debacle at Portsmouth. Because mm. okay. now they've been issued with a winding up order, so it's all going from bad to worse. Yeah. Um, it's been a, a woeful year for Portsmouth, really, overall. Um, it's been a year to forget after the sort of highs of, of the 2008 Cup final win. So I'll go for Portsmouth. Just, just in general, Portsmouth Football Club. <laughs> <laughs> the team that you love. Yeah. James? Um, I would like to go for the continuing existence of Sepp Blatter. Um, okay. Just, I mean, it's the whole thing with the um, the sort of Irish um, and French cheating fiasco, just the way it was handled and the way they sort of very quickly made it clear that nothing would happen after sort of... Well, they, they dithered and dithered and yeah. at the same time it seemed like quite a speedy process for mm. FIFA and it was just like what, yeah. what do you do? But he's a yeah. robot as well Blatter. Well is he? I don't <laughs> well, know. I'm going to jump is, on the bandwagon Is, the, is there a way we can get Rage Against the Machine to run FIFA <laughs> from now on? <laughs> I'm going to jump on the bandwagon that because mine is um, that Jack Warner's still involved in football. Ah uh, yes. Mm. God, both of them. Yeah. He's worse actually. Yeah. Going straight to the top. I think Warner's worse as well because yeah. I think Warner's actually set Blatter's <laughs> is rubbish. But, but he's got he's a job a bit, to do. Yeah. Yeah, Warner just doing it for, just for, for himself, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Pete? Um, well, I've got to go for Ashley's general kind of... Oh, Mike Ashley, yeah, yeah. ...movement. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's still around. Movement, he? he's still around, he's still clicking yeah. on, he's waiting till we get to the Premiership, but noises out of St James's Park, early 2010, the transfer window, it's going to be uh, a lot of people leaving. Oh, really? <laughs> More of the accumulating to speculate. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Absolutely. Another, I think an honourable mention um, for highlights of 2009, in Maradona and Argentina. Yeah. That <laughs> roller game, coaster ride that to game the World against Cup. Peru was one of the <laughs> oh, best games I've ever seen. That's been so up and down. That, that unbelievable yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. That kind of falls halfway between the, sort yeah. of the horrible and the good. Because, yeah. for, you know, the thought of Messi and, and some of the other fantastic players they have, not at a World Cup, oh, so that'd be a horrible horrific. one. Yeah, but yeah, it was so great to see this kind of up and down thing going on. Mm. I got this, I got this. And him slagging off the, you know, Keep sucking to the reporters and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, uh, that was terrible behaviour. But you just you you got to watch it. No, I love that. That's wonderful <laughs> stuff. But yeah. I've got this mental block that, like, in in my head, I should be thinking. <laughs> Oh well, you know we can't have Messi and all these other players at the World yeah. Cup. But at the same time, I can't bring myself to ever cheer Argentina. Yeah. It's, like, it's like last week I, I was watching uh, the Manchester United Hull game. And uh, I was with a f- friend of mine, and, and um, I was cheering when Hull were doing well, and when Hull got a penalty and Hull scored. And my mate was like, you're supposed to be a Pommy fan, you don't want Hull to win, they're a rival. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, thinking, I can't cheer for Man United, I just can't do it, I've got something mm. in me, I can't. It's, it's weird, because like, all these crazy things have happened in football. People have come in, spent a load of money, and then buggered off, and just left people in an absolute state. The only thing that I'm sort of clinging to is, I think, probably Roy Hodgson. That's yeah. the only <laughs> he's, he's my sort of hope, he's hope animal, he's my yeah. hope figure. Yeah, he's, he's the sort of guy that you focus on when everything around just spinning around. around, around. <laughs> Roy, what next? What are yeah. we going to do next? Yeah. Please be my granddad. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think um, the um, the rise of Fulham. I think it's been quite. Yeah. A, a, a well, he, he's, been, he's just been. I think it was today or yesterday. He was given a, a year's extension to his contract. I think a rolling yearly contract, which I think is going to be the future of uh, football. Man- Possibly, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, I'd yeah. love to. I'd love him to get the England job ahead of Redknapp. Oh, well, I was about to say it would be between <laughs> him and Redknapp. Really, if Capello quit after the World Cup, I don't think Capello will. But yeah, yeah. Um, well, Capello's not going to be here forever. No, know, well, so, well, yeah. exactly, exactly. And I'm sure I'm sure the FA will have a lot to go English if they can. Yeah, but wasn't yeah. Hodgson in the frame before Capello? Or he before, was. was, it, it, was it, a little it was bit tentative, the, though, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, OK. And, of course, we, we, we've we've moved into a new decade as well, so d- any outstanding stuff from the past decade, I'm sure there no, is. No, right, nothing. No? <laughs> no, nothing. Awful. OK. All of it rubbish. <laughs> My player of the decade would undoubtedly be Zinedine Zidane. 
He played on the decade. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Despite missing four years of the decade, he wasn't just heads oh, and no, shoulders. That iconic image of him walking off, pa- yeah. walking past, past the, the World, World Cup, Cup after he got sent yeah. off. Was yeah. just... But that's so typical of him, wasn't yeah. it? Because I think that was his 14th red card in his career. It's something <laughs> like that, yeah. <laughs> from the, he's from the rough, tough streets of... Uh, I think of he's Marseille, got one yeah. more sending off than Vinnie Jones. Has he? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, the man who's heads and shoulders above his own hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So your, your highlight of the decade is Zinedine Zidane. Well, it's, it's great that, in my opinion, and I may be overstating the case, and I'm sure people will tell me who I am, but in my opinion, Zinedine Zidane is the player sort of so far because he's, we've seen him play and retire. He's the player so far that, it might, for me, along with possibly Ronaldo, is the player that the gener- our generation is going to be remembered for. Absolutely. You know, he's the only one, again, possibly with Ronaldo, who could really mix it up there with the very, very best, yeah. you know. Mm. And, and so, for me, he's, he's got to be... Okay. He's got to be the number one player of the decade and, and, and also one of the best players of all time. Of course, yeah. Yeah. James, it's an outstanding thing. From uh, for decade. me, the personal highlight was probably Arsenal going whole season unbeaten. That and just the, the one, manner in which they well, did. Yeah, the they did it just. The they did it just for me. Um, <laughs> the Invincibles, but don't include cup games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it, it was. It was a superb achievement, and the way they, the, the way in which they did it was just a joy to watch. It was a lot of fun, which I'm still paying for now. No, it's a stupid thing to do. It's sort of like. Jens Lehman is in that. It's sort of like a superhero <laughs> going, oh yeah, I can I can take anyone on, but just like, not murderers. I'm not a superhero when it comes to murder. <laughs> yeah. um, Pete? Not a highlight, but uh, probably my lost point in, that I've experienced. <laughs> well, it's an outstanding probably, moment. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, England being knocked out in 2002. I just think it By was... Brazil. It was, yeah, it was mm. just such a, it was such a hopeful time. And it, yeah, it was. Just, it was we were so going to kick on and, and do something there, but Turkey just, semi-final, Germany final. It would have been. Mm-hmm. You fancy that? I just really, I just remember being so incredibly sleepy for one. Yeah, but so incredibly annoyed yeah. at yeah, myself was... for even hoping. Yeah, it was that's it, what annoyed me more than Brazil down to ten men. It was yeah. oh, so there, wasn't it? It was so weird as well to be so gutted at like nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> thinking, what do I do now? <laughs> this just started. I went back to my, I went back to my, uh, I was living with my parents there. I went back to my parents' house because it was a nice day. Got the barbecue out, had a few sort of uh, burgers, or whatever. Obviously, had a few burgers, and mm. then uh, and then went to bed. Do you remember just barbecue yourself? No, remember, cut, cut the mates. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, you, obviously. Just, um, Owen scored the first, the, the, their, our goal, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And then it just looked like it was, the story was, the script was there. Like, yeah, let's yeah. get in there. And then... The script was written for England to somehow massively <laughs> fuck themselves over. Yeah. As always, you know. Especially yeah. when Brazil were down to ten men, and not only were... It, it wasn't even so much that they were down to ten minutes. The fact that England just completely panicked. Yeah. If they had, had nine men, we still would have lost. Yeah, I think yeah, if it was yeah. nil nil, it wouldn't ha- have been hard. No, exactly. We were in front. But we always do do that. Do that in Euro two thousand and four when we scored really early against France. It was like ah god. Yeah. Uh, and you know we're going to balls this up. Same again yeah. with Portugal when Owen scored that absolutely blinding volley. It was like yeah. two minutes in. It was like oh god, this is going to be a tough, tough game now. It's, it almost goes against England to score early because they do well, just well, panic. The England must be the only country in the world. I mean, and if anyone else in any other country in the world and tell us but we must be the only country in the world where the commentators have actually said oh we don't want to score too early yeah. <laughs> they actually said that yeah. imagine that's such a ridiculous thing to say yeah. Yeah, yeah. actually in that after the France game uh, there was a French restaurant in Hornchurch in Essex near where I'm from it was smashed to pieces not by me mate <laughs> James is a fine upstanding member of the Essex community. Mm, he would never do that. Right-minded person. <laughs> yeah. My, um, I'm going to go for a player in the last decade, and I'm going to go for Ronaldo. Yeah. Mm. Um, because, now a lot of people might think, well, he's injured a lot, and he's, where is he now, and that kind of thing. Well, 2002 
People thought he might have been finished after 98. Yeah. Mm. You know, with injury and all all the rest he of it. He was only very young then. He was only very young then. 2002, he was the top scorer at the yeah. World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wonderful tournament. He had um, a number of good years at uh, Real Madrid, of course. And then, middle of the decade, he kind of tailed off a little bit. Yeah. 2006, OK, he was a bit lardy and all, but yeah. he still he got the uh, record for the most goals scored at a World Cup. He's, well, he's a, big, he's a great scorer Which is an unbelievable achievement. Yeah. And then he kind of went to Milan and then he had an injury and again people thought he was finished. They really thought that was it. And he's now at Corinthians, and OK, he is a bit fat and all, but he is kicking he's ass still got yeah. it. in are, the Brazilian league. There's a right video now. of the, all the goals he scored for Corinthians that's on YouTube somewhere, and the footwork of him, even now, is yeah. unbelievable. He'll never it's lose that. He'll never yeah. lose yeah. that. Yeah. He's right. one of the greatest strikers to ever live. Just oh, yeah, genu- genuinely. One of the greatest yeah, yeah. players ever to live. Yeah. You know. Hopefully he'll get in that World Cup squad one, one last time. So, so the, the, the last ten years of the man's career are just fascinating. Yeah. You, yeah. Know. you know, coming back. Oh, he's had his off-the-pitch sort of ups and downs as well. Which makes it yeah. even more interesting. At that yeah. moment with the transvestites, of course. Yeah. yeah. I think honourable mention as well for the decade is the fact that the English clubs have just done so much better in the Champions League. They've been involved yeah. in six of the finals, which is. Yeah. Well, you've got, really to, mention, you've got to mention the sort of um, Sky sponsored Premier League, really. <laughs> and how, and how it's, it's massively. Um, Sort of skewed the playing field across the board, and 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 we wonder how long it will go on for. How long, mm. what's going to happen? Well, it next decade? moves in cycles, doesn't it? And it yeah, I think change, so. But. Yeah, we, we we were talking a few months ago. We were talking about before the season started about whether you know the, the sort of um, influence and and the cycle of, of of countries performing in the European competitions was going to move over to Spain with all the players that have gone there and yeah. Xavi Alonso, Cristiano Ronaldo, all those sort of things. Kikar as well, of course. But I mean, I still think. I still think English teams will do quite well in the Champions League this season, so maybe it'll continue into the next decade as well. Well, well we were talking about Arsenal um, being a highlight for, for, for Jim, but I mean, how many times have they um, qualified for the Champions League? They've qualified, yeah. like, the Every last year, nine, yeah. nine or ten years. They got yeah. the yeah. final as well, 2006, yeah. Yeah. final, yeah, yeah. Uh, earlier than that, was, was it? Was it? Oh, I can't remember. It was 2006. Yeah, 2006, yeah, yeah, yeah. forgive me. But it's like, I mean, I know they've got a lot of uh, bills to pay and stuff, but yeah. that can't be bad for them. No, like, well, Qualifying they're only, every year. They're one of the only teams that's living within their means, I think. They were final last year. Yeah, exactly. The, their problem is they can't beat English teams in, yeah. in Europe. Yeah. Well, they <laughs> been, stuck, well yeah, they've yeah. been knocked out by Chelsea, Man United yeah. and Liverpool. Yeah. 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 I wish my club had those problems, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to make yeah. a little honourable mention to Hoffenheim. OK, yeah. The German yeah. side, who were top at uh, Christmas... Um, Last year, I think they were top, or they were certainly near the top, and they finished, um, you know, in the top half of the table, sort of sixth or seventh. I'm sure someone will They're be massively sponsored by a really big business. Yeah, I was going to say, if yeah. there's one thing I love, it's uh, it's little clubs getting massive cash injections yeah, yeah. and just acting ridiculously. <laughs> well, I, but, I, but they played good football, and they didn't have any big names. They were a small mm. side with yeah. a small support. And whether cash or not, they didn't sign loads of good. They got some a few African guys on board. Nobody knew, and they and they did really well, you know. And, and for six months of that season, they were, they were pretty much top. You know? Listen, I don't think I don't think we can be snobbish and say that you know, oh, they have loads of money, so they become big because every other big club's got loads of money. It's well, good to see someone mixing up. That's, that's all right. But then, Wolfsburg, but then, Wolfsburg have got to be a German highlight. We're in the league well, for the first yeah, time yeah. in their history. You know, uh, having a bit of a sort of indifferent time in the Champions League this season, which is disappointing really for me. Yeah. So yeah. I thought they'd be really good at home. But they, and obviously, they've been knocked out now. Also, Villarreal, they were like. They were like a sort of yeah. non-league club half an hour ago. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, with Raquel May. How one were there? Raquel May playing yeah. for free for Boca Juniors. Yeah, Back at Boca. Yeah. There we go. That's kind of rounded it all up quite Back nicely. Boca. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in the Premier League, Gary Megson has been sacked. Meg- mm. Megson out. 
Yeah, they've been saying that since literally the day he got there. They've not given him a chance. It's in the most emphatic way. Before he got there, there was there was a poll in the local newspaper in Bolton saying which manager do you want, and Gary Megson came bottom. with one point seven percent. Yeah, and this is incredible. The actual the person who finished above him was An Other. So anyone but him. Literally anyone but him. I like how the chairman just sort of went. It's like oh, what was that film where this guy. Was um, was he had a bet on that he could turn the ugliest girl in school into uh, a prom queen? Like, oh, she's all that. Or she's all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like they went. I'm going to sign Gary Megson as <laughs> manager. And he's Some sort of a controversial man. social experiment. <laughs> but um, I, I got a little one for you then, boys. How many times has Gary Megson been sacked as a manager in his career? Three times. Five. Five times. Five. Yeah. <laughs> five times. Gordon, he's, he's one of those one of those managers who who has got a, such a disdain for the fans of a club yeah. that it can only ever end in tears. <laughs> you when he played that like second string in like their, their biggest oh, ever God, game in their yeah. history, like the UEFA Cup game. There, it's disgraceful. Yeah. yeah. And, and they, th- that was to rest the players for a game against Wigan, wasn't it? Which they then lost. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, uh, the um, the Bolton Wanderers Supporters Association chairman. Um, that's a mouthful. I can yeah. tell you. Gareth uh, Robinson, he said, uh, from the Supporters Association um, side, I think Gary's problem was the fans did not know him. Um, in the two and a bit years he has been there, he didn't come uh, once to the supporters club, and a lot of them seem to be glad now he's gone. It's, it's funny because he hasn't actually done that terribly a job, especially in looking at his, his old record. I mean, he is there that to keep them there. terribly a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I tell you what. There's there's a few names been touted around for that job. Peter Reid, Darren, Darren Ferguson, Ferguson I read, mm. yeah. um, Alan Kerbisley, the usual names. Yeah. Uh, Mark Hughes, maybe. Is it me, or is it just every single time a manager is sacked, <laughs> the assistant manager is Steve Wigley? Yeah, I was thinking exactly that. <laughs> yeah, they'll take a look at Bolton yeah. temporarily. Yeah. Yeah. And he'll take over temporarily, he'll win a couple of games, they'll give him the job and he'll be absolutely shit. Mm. <laughs> Do you think they're going to give it to Wiggly um, until the end of the season and then maybe um, they're lining up a, a little... Lad the Wiggles. Jose <laughs> Mourinho. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to come back. I should do what, what Reading did with Bobby Mahalo. Do you remember that? What was that? You remember Bobby Mahalo? Bulgarian keeper. Yeah, he played for. He used to wear a wig. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was a brilliant keeper. And he signed and a for, brilliant wig. He had no idea. Pete. He signed for Reading, <laughs> and uh, they were. He, he obviously never been to England before, so the, the Reading manager and chairman sent him a video of them. But he sent them the video of the playoff final, and, and they thought oh, that Wembley Stadium was the home. <laughs> was the home ground. He was like, oh, "This is amazing. I'm, get, I'm, I'm interested." And he was signing for them and stuff. And I think when he turned up at Elm Park, he was like, "Oh, is this the training ground?" And they're like, "No, this is it." You know? <laughs> An ounce of research would have saved exactly. him a lot of trouble there. But yeah, <laughs> they him. could do that at Marina. They could, they could maybe. No, no, uh, Marina's not going to uh, fly him to Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> Get him in a car, like a tinted car. You're not there. hoodwinking Mourinho. Well, I never know. He, well, he loves. He wants to come back to England. He says, oh, "He says I want to be back. I'm not the kind of guy to keep his feelings hidden. I have always said the same. I love it here. I love it here. I love it here." Do you think um, he's doing that to unsettle Ancelotti, perhaps <laughs> ahead of the yeah, Champions League yeah. game? Ooh, hey, yeah, could yeah. be James. Could be. Um, but speaking of Chelsea, the, the top race has opened up a little bit. Mm. Um, and I was at Chelsea Fulham incidentally oh yeah it was great the Fulham fans were winding them right up for yeah. about 60 minutes or whatever. Yeah, and, and then they lost they and talked two, they? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's only a short walk why, why yeah. support? they were singing there's only one team in Fulham that kind of yeah. thing it was all good stuff yeah. so, I'm interested Nothing to know different. what the actual atmosphere was like Marcus is, is there a sort of Big hatred between them because it, it doesn't seem like the most no, sort of animated there's, there's, derby. There's no, ha- there's no hatred. Really. It's, not, it's not intense. It's not. It's no, not. No. It's not a. Um, it's not a Portsmouth Southampton or really. no, no, nothing near. Your it's, yummy mummy is not as yummy as you think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rah rah rah. That's the, just an example of the chance. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> of the laugh. I can had. remember when um, I, I was into a Chelsea Fulham game a number of years ago at Stamford Bridge, and uh, where it was just after Mohamed Al Fayed got turned down for British citizenship for like, oh, the good. fifth time, <laughs> and all the Chelsea fans were bringing their passports down, they're waving it, <laughs> waving it at the director's box. That's an quite effort funny. taking your passport. Yeah, it's yeah. quite funny. And when Liverpool and when Liverpool come go to Stamford Bridge, they'll get a ten pound note, don't they? Away, don't they? Oh right, yeah. yeah. There was it was quite funny. There was an American bloke sat sat. Uh, he was about a row or two behind me and he kept shouting stuff out and it's just so funny to hear yeah. an American girl yeah. like he I think he was a hey season. Paul Pescasolino yeah. sit down <laughs> hey you should be a nazzle <laughs> I can't see the but match he's like oh Balak that's a suicide ball that will never stop being funny <laughs> <laughs> if America win the World Cup right yeah, and yeah, they've yeah. got the best most competitive league in the world it will never stop yeah. being funny you imagine the, whoever collects the, the World Cup if if they would, he'd be like, oh man, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know, it just. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Go team! Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but Chelsea are, are going to be losing four of their, their big players for the African Cup mm. of Nations Drogba, Essien, uh, Obi Mikel, and Kalou. Which yeah. is particularly awkward because that's two massive first team players and their yeah. obvious replacements. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, no, it is, yeah. I think that's why he's been playing Sturridge recently. Yeah. And yeah. He looks a good player, Sturridge. He is a good player, I think. Yeah, yeah. he nearly scored a great goal, actually. I think, I think he's got a bit of a problem with. Um, he must have some sort of attitude problem though, going to Chelsea from Man City. I mean, I know he's seen all these players coming in, mm. and he was asking for. I mean, the reports are to be believed, and, not, and, and possibly they're not. But the reports were like he was demanding sixty grand yeah. a week for his new contract. He, he'd only played about two games, I think. Mean. <laughs> and, and so, uh, God knows what he got at Chelsea. I'm not sure, but yeah. I mean, fair play to him. He's getting his chances, you know. But uh, United aren't going to be losing any players. No, no. So, I, mean, I mean, it's a real chance for them to gain. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't. I just don't see. You know, there's something about Manchester United that you can't quite put your finger on, which is that they okay they're doing okay. They're, I mean, they're, them and Arsenal are pretty pretty close. Uh, they're winning games that they need to win Manchester United to, to a certain extent, but they've lost five games already, and mm. they don't have that sort of sheen of invincibility that you associate with them. Definitely. Absolutely, and yeah. they did have it earlier in the season when they played when they played City and when they had a couple of late goals against whoever it was. I can't remember. It was like yeah, they, they've got that still, but now it seems to have gone. And I, I don't know whether it's just because of their defensive problems they've had, which will obviously write themselves in time. Well, it did start to write themselves against Hull, I suppose. But even then, that wasn't a vintage performance. I don't. Mm. Think, I don't think they deserve to, to score three goals in that game. No, I think the thing with Man United though, is that they are very much capable, especially at this time of year, of going on a long, long run of, of winning games. But you I don't think, think they're going to win. Yeah, they exactly. play poorly and they'll win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're very, very good at sort of those wet Tuesday nights in ridiculous places where the players, you know, for a lot of clubs almost wouldn't be up for it. Well, they're it very, very old. good at yeah, getting those results. It's second nature for them under Ferguson. Yeah, absolutely. Ferguson drills it into them, you know. I think he very much has that sort of work ethic he's never lost that no matter how no, much he's won no. no matter how much he's achieved he's always got a drive mm. in that work ethic which is instilled in his players I mean it's hard to see someone like Ryan Giggs or Paul Scholes being as consistent right. and as long serving as they were without Ferguson absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. and you can see how much he still loves it every time they score a goal oh he does yeah yeah absolutely he, he'll be dragged out of there I mean yeah. I think he may go if they, if they win a couple of things this season I think he may go I think do you think if he knocks Liverpool off their fucking perch he'll uh, <laughs> yeah. call it a day then <laughs> yeah. well exactly yeah but I don't think. But going back to your original point, I don't think that. I don't think. I mean, they're obviously going to miss big players like that. But I don't think that it's going to derail their title bid mm. as much as everyone's saying Chelsea. I think Chelsea will still be there or thereabouts. I'm sticking with my tip for the title for them, which I've been saying since the summer, and I've got no. I don't see any reason to change that. And also, you've got to remember that because um, they've appealed that transfer decision, they can still replace those players, and they're not mm, short of right, money. Yeah. There's been talking the papers of them signing players in, the, in January, so they could replace those players. There's, there's nothing to stop them doing that. Mm. Well, Chelsea didn't beat um, Birmingham City the other week because no. of a superb display from Joe Hart. 
It's been mm. so so good recently. It's consistently impressive, and not just um, sort of command in this area. And and and, and the thing is, I, I do think there's a couple of question marks over a, a couple of little things from what I've seen. But he's in a brilliant shot style. He's made some outrageous saves. So yeah. do, do you think though? I mean, I, personally, I'd like to see him in the England squad. I would as well. I've said yeah. That for a little while, but. Um, now, you see, would he maybe be a bit like Ben Foster in the sense, you know, Ben Foster, when he was playing for Watford, was superb. Mm-hmm. When he went to United, it's a different back four, vastly different back four, vastly different um, type of game he has to play, longer periods without making yeah. a save. I mean, Joe Hart has played at Manchester City. Mm. Um, maybe not a top four club yet, but um, at the time they weren't. Would he... Do you know what I mean? It's just experience, though, isn't it? The thing, the thing with that, with, with the Ben Foster's example, and Joe Hart may well be the same, is that... It's very with with at Manchester United. Ben Foster will be doing a lot of things he hasn't necessarily done before. So he'll be playing the Champions League, like you say. He'll be mm. playing in a game against a sort of really pedestrian Premier League side. Well, like you say, he wouldn't have anything to mm. do for ages. But it's he's, all about maintaining that concentration. But he strikes me as a real confident lad. I mean, he's only twenty-two, but he comes across as if he's thirty-two. I, know, I think so as well. But sort of chest out. He's and also there's no other keepers in great form at the moment for England. So why not give him a nod? The yeah. only problem is we're running out of time for, with games between yeah. now and the World Cup, and you can't just send him as a first choice keeper. He's not got any sort of experience at all. Yeah. He, he did look a little bit dodgy when he played for England, didn't he? He looked a little bit out of his depth, which, which is you sort of expect from a goalkeeper on an international debut. You know, yeah. that would happen. From time to time, it would be a place. massive, massive punt taking a 22-year-old goalkeeper to a World Cup with very little experience. It's I'm weird, doesn't it? Because I mean, you take like I mean, Theo Walcott went to the World Cup at, when he was like an amoeba or something, yeah. <laughs> and that was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That he been. didn't get a game; he didn't get anything no. to do. But you and can't... I think it stunted him in a way. I, I just uh, maybe what we need to do is take him as part of the squad, and he mm. may not get any any game time. But he will have the experience. He might not handle any suicide balls. Yeah. <laughs> but he'll have the experience for the next World Cup, maybe, you know. Yeah. Lionel Messi. He's been crowned FIFA World Player of the Year for 2009. Mm. Love to see that ceremony. Yeah. I hadn't. Yeah, uh, a massive uh, that's no surprise. Yeah. No surprise at all. No, I think that's a, right, it's a correct decision. Well deserved. Yeah. I was hoping Iniesta or Shabby, but, but really. Well, Messi's had a, a wonderful year. They, he, has three a, he has had a wonderful year. He should, be, he should have been in our highlights of 2009, shouldn't he? Mm, well, he should have really. Well, James, he was in because James put the Champions League yeah, final, yeah, which he played a huge part in. Uh, the uh, FIFA Pro World 11. Uh, was Casillas in goal? Yep. Real Madrid's Casillas. John Terry. He's always in it, Terry. And uh, Amanda <laughs> Vidic for Manchester United. Patrice Evra for blah, Manchester blah, blah, United. Yeah, he's meant Danny to. Alves, pleased to see him in there for <laughs> yeah. Barcelona. Xavi and Iniesta, Barcelona, obviously. Stephen Gerrard? Mm. Well, it's voted, it's voted by uh, sort of fellow pros, so you can't really argue yeah. with it. Um, uh, obviously, Messi. Uh, yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo and Fernando Torres. Some team that is. Yeah. No place for David Nugent, but there's always next year. Yeah, yeah he must have just missed out. <laughs> and the Brazilian uh, Marta was named uh, Women's Player of the Year for the fourth year running. And uh, England's Kelly Smith, I think, was third. Yeah, she's very highly rated. Mm. Uh, Marta, fourth, Marta. When know, I, yeah. last time I saw the Women's World Cup, Marta was absolutely superb. Yeah. So it doesn't surprise me. She, she, it's, without saying like massively condescending, she actually looks like. That Martha, she'd be properly decent in like a men's team. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying I'm not saying that anyone else wouldn't, but she looked like she. Hey, let me handle this one, Luke. You're a northerner. Come on, Andy Cap. I'm not away from the microphone. I'm notably condescending to women. Banned from this subject. Well, I don't think any of the the. Hang on a minute. There was a bloke who was. Managing in Serie A, who wanted to give um, play the first woman. Yeah, her Man's... name was something Lundberg, wasn't it? Um, no, it, it what was... was his name? Who was he managing? I can't remember. He was a, he was a chairman. 
Some nutcase. Yeah, he wanted to find, uh, sign Colonel Gaddafi's son. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's Perugia. No, it's Perugia. Yeah. Yes. Perugia, yes. Yeah. One thing, yeah, that, Marcus, that, one thing that has happened on. is that that Frank Pushas goal we were talking about, yep. they picked your goal that they you picked. They got it right. I was, I but you said it was in the semi, but it was in the quarters, wasn't it? It was in the quarters. All right. Yeah, see, I'll never give something without taking something else away. His mother will vouch for that. Yeah, so I got that one right. Now, I saw an article in The Sun... Forgive me. Um, <laughs> which, uh, it, it annoyed me so much I thought I'm going to have to bring it to the ramble table. And it, the, the, high, the, um, the headline was Messi taunts uh, Premier League. And all Messi said in his taunting of the Premier League, <laughs> he said, the, the arrival of Cristiano Ronaldo and Kaka at Real make the Spanish league stronger than the English. Players want to come to Spain. Um, but we have to recognise it is the English clubs who have reached the uh, latter stages of the Champions League recently. <laughs> that was it. Was, oh. was he going, and, and in, and in the same it, article, it said Messi then sent a World Cup warning to England by vowing to shine uh, in South Africa. Now, this warning to England, uh, God's own country, uh, re- <laughs> reads like this. I feel badly when people criticise my performances for Argentina. I had the luck to win everything with my club and I want to do the same for my national team. I mean, for crying out loud, yeah. he's taking the piss out of me. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, we're fired up now. <laughs> he needs some anger management issues there. <laughs> He's got way over the top. He is deluded. With that taunting. Call yeah. it mess off. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. All, all, I mean, that's pathetic. Pathetic, Almost as pathetic as when tabloid newspapers and the sports pages use the word exclusive of almost every single yeah, story, yeah. even though it's in every other paper yeah. all the time. Read our exclusive wording of this story. <laughs> yeah, tabloids are pricks. <laughs> <laughs> well done indeed. Norberto uh, Solano, former Villa and Newcastle uh, midfielder, of course, uh, is joining Colchester, apparently. Colchester United, the U's. Mm, that's very true. He's going down Layer Road. Is he really? With his trumpet. Yeah. Um, He's a beautiful boy, as Sir Bobby Robson, the late great Sir Bobby Robson once said. He is, yeah, yeah. Very much so. Um, And uh, another South American has been uh, talking in the press. Ronaldinho says he wants to finish his career with a golden key. He's gone mental. (laughs) You'll see him trying to climb into a Game Boy coming out of things like that. I love those things. By winning a championship in Brazil, I might. Do do you know, there's loads of things like that that don't really translate well. Do you remember that Roberto Baggio's autobiography is called A Goal But Also A Game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it clearly has no translation yeah. in English. So just, that's just the nearest thing they can think what of. What was that thing Romario shit? Or someone shouted at Romario. He said, Romario is a chicken and this team is full of chickens. No, it was, it was something like, um, this team is full of chickens and Romario is the biggest chicken of all the chickens. Or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> kind of does translate. Rolls off not, the tongue. Yeah. Perhaps not as uh, punchy yeah. as they might want. I think Ronaldinho um, actually is probably one of the, sort of the saddest stories of the decade as I well, so. in the way the he didn't seem thing. to sort of live up to um, what he could have been. I, I genuinely think he could have been up there with Zidane in the, in the sort uh, of time we were talking about him earlier. Well, I think Absolutely. he was. Yeah. I think he was. He was... He was um, you know, FIFA World Player of the Year, and he he was phenomenal when he was I th- on song. I think you just really need to... You can't underestimate the amount of how how much you need in the head as well as the ability. But mm. The amount of people that I've spoken to about people we, we used to play football with or someone play football with someone else, and say, oh, yeah, I'll play football with... Gary O'Neill's an example. Someone said to me they played in the same team as Gary O'Neill, who's obviously at Middlesbrough now. I said, oh, yeah, he was, he was nowhere near the best player on our team. Yeah. But he just had the drive. He was at training every single time. That's right. And he was there early and he was there late and he had the discipline. And I think if Ronaldinho had that work ethic... What I'm saying is, if Ronaldinho had the work ethic of Gary O'Neill... <laughs> 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 he would have been... 
fucking one of the decade's best players. Oh, he probably was one of the decade's best yeah, players. Yeah. But Jimbo's right when he says he had the ability, yeah. or he has the ability still, probably, to I be mean, one of the world's best of all time. He mm. was the, the he was the catalyst for Barcelona being even what they are now because they were floundering, mm. and getting him was a real, real coup. And they, they, they have, they've had two great teams this decade, and he was a big, big part of the first mm. one. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and he did it quite well because he went to Paris Saint Germain, you know, and it, not one of the biggest teams in Europe. Mm. And he and he and he got into European football that way, and then he went to the big side, yeah. you know, Barcelona. But he said, uh, "I've never had the possibility to win the Brazilian championship." And he said, "Seeing Adriano, who's a friend of mine, become a champion, the emperor, with absolutely with Flamengo, uh, has given me inspiration." Mm, that's so, great I like to see. that. The old boys going back to Brazil. Yeah, it's I say old boys. He's current trend, isn't it? It's nice. If you were an English footballer and you went overseas to play, you'd want to finish your career in England. Absolutely, yeah, I think it's absolutely fine. Like, it's great. Right. And also, you got all the parties and stuff like that. Yeah. He's a, he's yeah, he's a controversial character. I mean, when he was when he was at his best, he seemed to be able to just like choose to score free kicks. Oh yeah, the ball was on the string. It's like yeah. Zidane. Zidane's control of the football and Ronaldinho was very much like that. It was almost completely telepathic. Yeah. Yeah. There's that one clip, famous clip of Ronaldinho where he gets pulled up for a foul mm. and the ball's at his feet. And he's looking over there like talking to someone to, uh, giving like instruction to his teammate. He just rolls the ball over the top of his foot and as it pops up in the air oh, yeah, back he just backs it back into yeah, the yeah. referee's hands he's yeah. not even looking he's looking over <laughs> there it's outrageous you know, and, and that sort of level of skill that, that sort of born God-given skill is something that you know only comes along every so often have you, you seen know? have you seen Spin of Zidane uh, about three seconds ago have you seen his son on that, um, on that yeah Enzo, Enzo. Yeah. <laughs> named after Enzo Francesco the great <laughs> uh, Uruguayan footballer mm. who's, who's Zidane's hero incidentally I don't know mm. why but that's, that's the case mm. well let's um Move away from controversial footballers who have fallen by the wayside. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Seth Blatter. <laughs> Joey Bolton. Oh. <laughs> I can't ever think that you've ordered these new stories. Into <laughs> this sort of master plan that yeah. you've got. On my placiot of ramble uh, joints. Speaking What's of <laughs> things on a list. Yeah. <laughs> What's JB been up to then, Martin? <laughs> <laughs> JB. Yeah. Um, uh, most footballers are knobs, he's come out yeah. and said. <laughs> Uh, he, says, uh, I, uh, he said very loud over the <laughs> massive sound of the crashing of the glass in his house falling around him <laughs> as he was throwing an unusually large stone. In yeah. a remarkable sense yeah. of yeah. Uh, yeah. self-awareness, yeah, Joey yeah. Barton says. <laughs> Did he go on to say present company included? If not, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. <laughs> oh, he says, I, uh, I meet a lot of them and they are so detached from real life, it's untrue. But there was a stage when I was like that. What they need is a good fight. <laughs> <laughs> most, fo- most footballers in what this they, room are they knobs. Need, what they <laughs> need is stabbing in the eye with a cigar. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he said that um, you grow up in an environment where as long as you're a good player, you're told that you're the best all the time. But whether you're the best footballer in the world or the best golfer, the best cricketer, you're a, hu- you're a human being. You might be good at that sport, but you might be crap at life. <laughs> yeah. It's the truth. He's speaking about himself here, presumably. But he, but he did say, actually, with regards to himself, he said, I'm very thankful to the media of this country because, uh, he said, you know, the um, the vilification in the uh, in the press and in the, and in the media um, helped him to confront several issues, which is the yeah. first I've ever heard well, of Well, this that. is the first interview he was given after Sporting Chance, isn't it? Yeah. Which OK, right. And so I'm not, I'm not going to... I'll stop short of saying that he's a changed man and we should all give him another chance. <laughs> he's not EastEnders. He's done but, this before, to yeah, be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean... He's, he's obviously got a pair of brass balls in to come out and say that. Cause he, 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 he weirdly also, also said, uh, there are things that the media picked up on, like bad things I've done, but there have been others. Keep digging, riddle yeah, me exactly, this, yeah, Batman. Yeah. <laughs> There's gold in these hills. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe he's a changed man. 
<laughs> you can always live in hope. Mm. Well, he's claiming to be to have been sober for two years, isn't he? Which could genuinely make a huge difference. If he well, that's what he sort of said to the to the, uh, the, pre- to the judge in his recent uh, yeah. problems that he's been having. But, but the sporting giants clinic is, is, is a lot of a lot of um, sportsmen go through it and, mm. and with great success. And Adams done it. Tony Adams done a great job there. Yeah. Um, and the only reason Joey Barton was on that radio show when he gave that interview was because Tony Adams was the guest editor, wasn't he? Oh right. And uh, he he and he gave a pretty frank interview into it. You know, so maybe if he's off the beer for a couple of years and he's gone through that depression stuff and he's come out the other side, who knows? He may. He's, he's got. Has he got a foot injury at the moment? He yeah. has. He's, he's very he's, very nearly back. He's back. Is it okay? Right. So I mean, we'll see, won't we? Well, we wish him all the best. Well, like you were saying before before the recording, you were saying we'll wait and see what happens when someone gives him a big two footer, which <laughs> will happen because the first thing you would do if you were playing against Joey Barton is give him a kick. He's, a, mark, he he's a mark man. That's a problem on yeah. and off the field. Yeah, of course yeah. he is. Yeah, mm. yeah. And um, oh well, I wish I, I wish him all, all of that. You know, if he if he can turn his life around, then fair play to him. But at the moment, he sounds like an idiot. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> he? Well, we'll have to wait and see. Farmyard emails. It's the first I've heard of them, <laughs> um, but we're going to press on with them. Pete, I've got one. This is uh, from from the Nuge. <laughs> Uh, it's enough. It's from a, a man called David Nugent. Are you being serious? He says, uh, I apologise for the length of the email, and my name is genuinely David Nugent. Oh, it's not actually David Nugent. Just started. <laughs> no, his <laughs> name is David so Nugent. Excited. But it's not the it's not David Nugent. I'll zip no. back up then. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I'd mention that as uh, Lukey Moore idolises the man so yeah, much. Correct. So uh, he just thought I'd clear that up for you. What's in Merseyside's most famous son? Rabbit Foss, ho. Firstly, apologies for a rather long email. However, I was inspired by your induction of Bill Shankly into the dwarf. Yeah. Uh, I waited with bated breath for you to recount one of my favourite tales of Mr Shankly, but unfortunately you did not. Uh, this is from the pages of George Best's autobiography. Here goes. Uh, in 1967, we arrived at Anfield to play Liverpool, and as I glanced out of the window of the coach, I saw Bill Shankly standing at the main entrance. Imagine this in an Irish accent, yeah. presumably. Yeah. Right. It's completely uh, <laughs> I was, the, I was the first player to alight from the coach, and when I reached the entrance, Bill shook my hand warmly. Good to see you again, George, he said. You're lo- <laughs> Is that your Scottish accent? You're looking well, son. <laughs> uh, this was unusual for him, and knowing that uh, Shankly was a bit of a wily old fox, uh, George Best decided to hang around to, to find out what he was up to. As each of the United players entered Anfield, Shankly shook their hand, welcomed him, and told him how good he looked. Eventually, when Bobby Charlton turned up, he's a bit of a born warrior, apparently, Bobby, yeah. he came up to Shankly, Shankly said, Bobby, son, good to see you. I've dropped the accent. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you have, yeah. But by God, if, if there was ever a man who looked ill, it's you, Bobby. <laughs> and Bobby's face went as colourless as an icicle. Ill? I look ill? Hey, Bobby, son. <laughs> He's back again. <laughs> you look like you're sickening for something. If I were you, I'd see a doctor as soon as you set foot back in Manchester. That was Irish, that end of it. <laughs> no. Well, it's George Best doing an impression. Oh, Pete, you're practically from Scotland. Yeah. It should be easy for you. This is Shank- one of them as I come. Shankly patted Bobby on the back and took off down the corridor, leaving him trembling in the foyer. <laughs> uh, eventually, Matt Busby entered the dressing room with Jimmy Murphy and told us that they had reshuffled the team which had beaten West Ham the previous week. Bobby Charlton was unavailable. He'd been taken ill. He's That's suddenly been taken ill. That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the following season, we were back at Anfield. Shankly was up to his old tricks. As the United Party made their way down the corridor to the away changing room, he appeared from his office. Guess what, boys? He said, brandishing a little orange ticket. I've had a go on the tickets that'll give the time when the away team will score and it says here 
in a fortnight. <laughs> <laughs> With that, he disappeared back into his office. We lost 2 0. Oh, oh. Hey, he's like Jareth from uh, Labyrinth. He is, yeah, he is. Like yeah. tricking people. He's gone that way, he's gone straight to the castle. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> you do remind me of the baby. Yeah. <laughs> the babe with the power. <laughs> uh, yeah, as he said, uh, as he that said uh, that's from the David news. Nugent. That's Cheers. from David Nugent. Cheers, new genius. Cheers, the news. New Gito. Uh, James, if you would uh, oh compose yourself. Okay. Um, hello. 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 Right. Hello, you lovely little ramblers. You. All right. That's what it says. Just dropping you a little email to let you know I have a little game that's sweeping this rather arctic country of late. Heads and voles. On ice. That's volleys, not like the woodland animal, voles. Um, right, so I'm Welsh, and as you might know, the weather here has been somewhat cold since the beginning of time. And lately we've seen weather that can be described as nothing short of bloody cold. Well, me and my mates live near a canal that had frozen, and guess what happened next? Oh, God. We laid some goals on it and dared each other to play, and we did. <laughs> the game lasted all of a minute, as in the middle of the goal, the goalkeeper rested his leg on some unstable ice and consequently fell in. <laughs> this is like 999. We've <laughs> got young listeners. Don't any of you do this? No. <laughs> he was unharmed but contracted a rather nasty case of man flu. Terrible thing to have at Christmas, but we hear there's another spot of cold weather on its way, so maybe we'll give it another go. Love to all your mothers, Tom the Boat Moor. Tom the Boat Moor? <laughs> on the river. Wonderful. Lovely. That's dangerous. That's yeah. like some high adrenaline version of football, yeah. Lukey, have you got one for yeah, us? Yeah, I've got one. Um, all right, Ramblers. I'm a new listener to the podcast and was having a gander at the website. Uh. I was amazed to see the remarkable resemblance the skinny guy, the one with the pointy triangle haircut, that's you, Pete, hey. as to uh, Robert Nepper, the bloke playing the gay guy from Prison Break. Has this ever been spotted before and does he have the same homicidal tendencies on the footy pitch? Cheers, Tony in Hong Kong. Somebody said this on Twitter as well. Well, you look like the guy I, from Prison I Break. Looked, uh, yeah, a Google image. I've never had a more depressing Google image search, <laughs> to, be, uh, to be quite frank. Oh, you uh, he's, he's not a good-looking fella. He's about 50. Is he? Unbelievable. And he's playing a gay bloke. Yeah. Oh, gay yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Um, P.S. If any of you get out here for the Hong Kong Soccer Sixes, let me know and I'll get a game arranged with some beers afterwards. We took Mike Riley out a couple of years ago and I can assure you that man has no coordination on the dance floor. But where was me thinking he's John fucking Travolta? <laughs> <laughs> what, Mike Riley? Right? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the offer, though. Oh, that's from Tony in Hong Kong. Thanks, Tony. We'll, we'll bear that in mind when we when we actually get two pennies to rub together between us. <laughs> we may well make a trip out. We got one. But let's let's get a picture of uh, the guy off uh, Prison Break on the website. Pete. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah let's humiliate you as much as we can. Come true. Yeah. yeah, lovely. <laughs> Which, to be fair, last year, last week, because your new haircut, you was getting Hitler. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. getting the Hitler, so you're moving well, no, when you I put it up. When genocide I put it, of mania. When I put it up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> good, you're you're getting good. very good. You've got a Hitler, you've got some bloke off prison break who who's not very attractive, yeah, yeah. and Jedward. Yeah. <laughs> not doing very well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, both of them together. Yeah. But yet, standing here, I'd kiss you. Yeah. <laughs> I have. Yeah. Yeah, so. I've often thought about it. Good lads. Yeah. Good lads. Any more lookalikes, send them in. <laughs> yeah, we've had the old Lukey Moore Johnny Depp one, so don't bother with that. <laughs> <laughs> I look almost exactly like the uh, radio Ellen. presenter Jeff Lloyd. Are you, look, you look like Ellen yeah. DeGeneres. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Marcus, who's getting the championship manager goodie bag, mate? It's got to go to Tom the Boat Moore. What, the, the ice footballer? <laughs> <laughs> Reinvent, reinventing the game. Yeah. Don't try us at home, children. Yeah. Yeah. We're not we endorsing a... your activities, but we appreciate the banter. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I think it's profile time. Ooh. <laughs> Chaps, cast your little minds back to when we spoke to Dean Windass. Mm. Do you remember who he wanted inducted into his Hall of Fame? 
Vinny Samways. It wasn't Vinny Samways. <laughs> <laughs> it was Paul Gascoigne. It was Paul Gascoigne. That's who we've got. Gaza! Hey. Oh. This'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you got? Lock the doors. <laughs> <laughs> um, blimey, well, where do we begin? Uh, probably at the start. Uh, Paul John Gascoigne, born 27th of May, 1967. Oh, so in love! <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think it's any coincidence that he was born just as it's beginning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's so much to talk about, but what we're going to do here... Um, we are going to concentrate largely on the football and the banter because, I mean, we can talk about all his, his demons off the field. And But, you know, I think a lot of people... You know, you type in Paul Gascoigne into Google mm. and it's all about Gazza's drunk, Gazza's this, yeah, Gazza's yeah. that. I think, hang on a minute, the guy played some football. That's re- yeah. It's a football show, let's remember the football. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, so, that, so that's the that's what we're going to do. Uh, he was born in Gateshead and uh, he, he has been described as a sort of... Uh, the archetypal sort of no-hoper made good by football. Mm. Mm. Um, he uh, he caught the attention of the football scouts when he was playing for Gateshead Boys. He was given a trial at Ipswich Town, although he failed to uh, impress there. I think that was on the Rob, Bobby Robson, actually. Was it really? Yeah, interesting start to their, to their relationship together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he had further trials at Middlesbrough and Southampton, but they proved unsuccessful, and I'm sure none of these clubs uh, regret that. No, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, before Newcastle United signed him as a schoolboy in 1980. At school, he was once caught practising his uh, autograph during a geography lesson. <laughs> uh, his reason was that it, uh, he said to the teacher that he was going to be a famous footballer, and his teacher at the time, who was uh, Mr Hepworth, yeah. uh, he wasn't impressed, and he said to Gascoigne uh, that only one in a million becomes a professional footballer. Yeah. So up is... He signed on as, a, as an apprentice at Newcastle in, in 1983, and that was when he uh, got the nickname Gazza mm. around that time. Jack Charlton was in charge of Newcastle, and, uh, and Charlton said to him, he said, there's a lot of fat there, but I'm told underneath you, you've got a bit of skill. <laughs> um, That's what it sounded to me. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from the skill bit. I generally just stop at the fat bit. There's a bit of fat there. Yeah, That's well, well he, was, he was really, um, you know, really on the button with Gasco, and he said, you know, he, he gave him a fortnight to get fit or, or get out, you know, and he told a lot of the, uh, the local sort of uh, pie and chip shops to not serve him yeah. with all this, because he, you know, he loved it, did I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, but he, he did sort of, Gasco did say at one point that he realised uh, as a youth player that to be, a, to be one of the better youth players, he had to be stronger, so he did actually pile on the weight quite mm. consciously oh, right. and work at work on weights and stuff like that. And mm. sort of carried on doing and that the, for years. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, he captained the youth team um, in the 84-85 season. They won the FA Youth Cup. Mm-hmm. And he scored twice in the second leg against Watford. Um, that was the year that he told um, Chris Waddle to F off and clean his own boots. That's right! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He cleaned Chrissy Waddle's boot. Yeah. Yeah. Or didn't. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. well he's, he's supposed to. to. <laughs> yeah. As he um, went through the Newcastle uh, system, he, um, he was constantly picked on about his weight and his, uh, his misbehaviour. Mm. Oh. And uh, I know how that feels. Well, he got he got uh, <laughs> particularly um, annoyed at one point, and there was a, Pete. You might remember there was a story about he jumped on a groundsman's tractor. <laughs> yeah, he got he got three final warnings. Did he? At that club, uh, but he, he mashed it into a changing room <laughs> or a <laughs> <Did> he? <laughs> he j- yeah. at the training ground. Why? Yeah. Well, he was so annoyed. He, he he jumped on the tractor and he drove it into the dressing room wall and jumped off before impact. I'll show you behaviour. <laughs> how uh, old was he then? Like he was 70? fined seventy five pounds for that. God. 
But um, he made a total of 107 appearances for Newcastle. He scored 25 goals. And at the end of the 87-88 uh, season, he was named Barclays uh, Young Player of the Year. Mm. People sort of forget that he played a lot of his football at Newcastle yeah, United. Yeah. And everyone sort of get, got, was so much surprised when he, when he turned in such a great performance in, in 1990. But at the end of the day... A lot of the Newcastle supporters were like, "Yeah, we've seen all that. We've yeah. seen, yeah. we've seen it just because they weren't on telly half as much as Spurs." Yeah. Well, he bossed Man United for Newcastle, famous, didn't he? And Ferguson wanted him. Ferguson well, said, right. I, "I need to get you got a Simon this player," yeah. but he ended up he ended up going to Spurs. Well, so he? he was all uh, Brian Robson. He came up against. Yeah, him, didn't he? Didn't he? He was, there was bit other players, like, not just him. He, uh, Ferguson, he was the. One of the best midfield performances I've ever seen. He mm. bossed him. He bossed. Um, yeah. What's his name? Um, Remy Moses. Good Ferg- players. Ferguson yeah. had, had him pegged as, as replacing Robson when, mm. when he, when he That's left. That's right. Yeah, but the, yeah. boy, the, um, the, the chairman at Spurs bought his family a house, didn't they? Yeah. So he went that to Spurs. The, he, clincher, he did say yeah. to Ferguson, wasn't he? It's very famously that he was going to sign for he Man United. Ferguson. Then Ferguson went on holiday yeah. and came back to find his son for Spurs. Mm. There was a, there was a great bit um, uh, back at Newcastle with Mirandina. He had a, he had a long running feud with this player, yeah. and uh, like he would only pass to him. If you had lots of players around him, okay, and, um, and and people started catching on to this sort of thing, but they tried to, they tried to bury the hatchet. He borrowed Mirandina's car and um, had a, like a road race with it and smashed it into the wall. <laughs> and, I and would Mirand- never let Gasco in my car. And, <laughs> and Mirandina went, uh, Paul, do, do you know where my car is? Like three days later, and it was like in a hedge. To- <laughs> he hadn't talked to anyone about it. Oh Absolutely loose cannon. But straight away from the off, yeah. the, the <laughs> incredible genius, yeah, yeah, yeah. incredible yeah. talent, and oh, yeah. just the misdemeanors. Oh, the, the talent was definitely. There. I mean, the thing about the World Cup ninety thing, which I'm sure you'll come on to, is he was still very young though. I mean, he was only just twenty three. He, he was twenty three. Yeah. Well, but uh, just before um, the World Cup, a couple of years, as we say, he was signed for Spurs. Um, and and Alex Ferguson said it was the biggest disappointment of his um, managerial career was not getting Gaza. Well, I think Ferguson. The, the general consensus is that Ferguson would have hopefully straightened him out. You know, if anyone could have done it, it would have been yeah, him, yeah. sort of thing. You know, he, he would have needed a real, real disciplinary. I don't think he really had that. Well, no, no, his no, 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 probably not. Well, absolutely. So um, he went to Spurs, and uh, in his first season at Watt Lane, he helped Spurs to sixth in the first division and third uh, the following season. And around this time, in uh, September 1988, he um, was first called up to the England squad under Bobby Robson. And uh, he scored his first goal for England in a World Cup qualifier against Albania. And... You know, people started saying this guy's got to go to the World Cup, mm. and I think he was actually, you know, it was between a few guys. He was one of the the, the later inclusions into mm-hmm. the into the nineteen ninety World Cup squad. But my goodness, did he did he stamp his mark on that tournament? Yeah. Um, mm. Obviously, England finished uh, fourth. He got to the semi final of the World Cup, and gentlemen, lots of things happened there. Well, he's up. He's definitely up there. With, in, in my opinion, it's well, the first tournament I really appreciated. And yeah. it's probably still my favourite now. He was definitely. Along with Los de Mateus and um, and probably one or two Italians, the, the, up there with the best midfielders in the whole tournament, you know. Yeah. Well, he was included in the team of the tournament. Right, yeah. where well, you going? He was he was a game changer. I think that's. What oh yeah, he was. Yeah, when he got on the ball, something would happen, and that's kind of why a lot of the clubs uh, later in his career took chances on him, even when his legs yeah. had gone. Yeah, it's kind of. But it was it, it was just great Italian United to see on the world stage that England had a proper ball playing yeah. central midfielder. Yeah, yeah, you know, like a kind of a. 
you know, like almost like a, a South American kind of number yeah. 10, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Kind Turn of, the string sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. And having that sort of player in that tournament was very, very important because I mean, it was very low scoring, it wasn't was. it? It was very, very tight. And yeah. for someone to be able to make that sort of bit of magic happen mm-hmm. yeah. was very important. And, and Gascon also, he knew how to keep the ball sometimes, mm. just to hold possession. He yeah. used to use his whole body in that yeah, sort of... Yeah, very, very... A lot um, of England players don't strong. know sometimes, just put your foot on the ball, calm yeah. it down, you know. They lose their heads, they all lose their heads. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he, um, before the, the tournament, the organisers of um, Italian Ninety TV they 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 um, filmed each player uh, mouthing their own name before the tournament. Yeah, and and so it would go. You know, you'd see the picture of the tournament, and you'd see Lineker sort of mouthing Lineker and yeah. all the rest of it, and uh, and and Gascoigne um, mouthed Wanker instead. <laughs> but the BBC had to use it all the way through the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Class. <laughs> oh dear, and of course that yellow card against Germany and all yeah, the rest of it. Is all oh. over. Probably my favourite ever England kit. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, certainly. But I remember Bobby Robson in a documentary saying that that Gaza he would find him playing, you know, games of tennis in the, in the midday sun on like the day of the semi-finals yeah. on the quarterfinals, and he would go mental. Like, yeah. Bob, you're wasting your energy. Yeah, what yeah, are you yeah. doing? You know, <laughs> just so. But he, he used to be up all night and stuff, didn't he? He used yeah. to have boundless energy. I think that um, someone speculated that he may have had lots of undiagnosed like attention well, deficit. C- certainly, yeah, well, that's he's right, certainly yeah. been diagnosed with that now. Yeah. Certainly RCD as well. I think yeah, he's okay. heavily. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Well, uh, well, after the 1990 World Cup, which is when he became, you know, a world superstar, really. Um, he uh, he reached the FA Cup uh, final with Spurs in the 1990-91 season, and he scored six goals on the on, on the road to the mm. final, in, including that superb free kick against Arsenal in the uh, semi. Yeah. In the semi at Wembley, it's rubbish. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> that some hit, it's f- oh, some distance as well. What a free kick it was. It, it wasn't just outside the area; it was from a mile yeah, away against David Seaman. Yeah, yeah. Um, but of course, that's when he got the famous injury. Yeah. Um, Taking kicking the flying. Jesus out of uh, Gary Charles. Yeah. Gaza had actually the, the the deal with Lazio had already gone through. Mm. Um, but it was originally arranged for eight million quid, wasn't it? But it got to take right, down to yeah. five and a half million because of his injury, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So he, um, so I, th- I think he was really pumped up for that football, obviously. But he was really wanting to impress uh, Lazio, where he was off to, and he he just lost his head. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Really, it was a crying shame because he'd been such an amazing player for them throughout that well, well don't think there was any time, malice there he just really no, went for the ball throughout that keen. tournament you know the, yeah. for the cup he'd, he'd scored so many goals on the way there the, the, the final should have been his his showpiece yeah, yeah. exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so he spent pr- pretty much the next uh, season uh, in the treatment room mm. he finally joined Lazio for a fee of five and a half million pounds mm. And no sooner he was there than he was uh, offending people. Um, I don't know if you remember when he was asked uh, for a comment. As he, I th- I th- it was just after he arrived, I think, <laughs> and uh, he burped quite loudly into the TV microphone. And that was really, really frowned upon in Italy. Like yeah. a lot of yeah. he just arrived and he's oh and, and uh, Paul, what's it like to be in Italy? And, Burp. and like <laughs> it really annoyed them. I really like the rendition you did. That's Thank you very much. It really and, took me there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My Italian was seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he, they were really pissed off. He got off on the wrong foot with them terribly. Um, Someone's going to pick Bill Shankly. Pizza yeah, Bill Shankly right. channeled through George Best, um, and he was he was fined nine grand for that. So oh, really? straight away, bang, he's nine grand Amazing. down. <laughs> so um, 
In his first season um, for Lazio, he's a little bit inconsistent, um, but he scored his first goal for them in the 89th minute to equalise in the Rome derby. Yeah, that's why he's Roma. still revered now. Yeah, they love him there. The fans now. loved him, but the, the media seemed to just not like him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he, he went mental when he scored that goal. It was fantastic. He said it's one of the highlights of his career. He, um, he fabulous. Hurt, he hurt himself um, trying to tackle Nesta, wasn't it? Alessandro Nesta. Yeah, he broke his cheekbone as well. Yeah, so he played because he played with that. Um, Cheekbone mask, didn't he? Like mm. the Phantom of the Opera. He did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, very, very iconic gather image, that. There's a lot of them. Yeah, big time. Well, he um, he did play really well when he was there um, for, for at moments. And the um, he was given... Some, now, I've read Gazza's book, and I can't remember for the life of me why this was given to him. But um, the Pope gave him, like, an award, or it was kind of like a, a medallion, or it was something of <laughs> a lot of value, and he doesn't, he, you know, he doesn't exactly hand these things out. And and and, and Gascoigne said that he, when he received it, he, you know, he, he knew what he was like, and he crapped himself going, oh my goodness, I'm going to lose this, I'm going to break it, I'm going to, you know, probably eat it or something. <laughs> so he got on the phone to Jimmy Fivebellies. His, and he uh, ate it. <laughs> his uh, long, um, very uh, famous friend, or infamous friend, yeah. Depending on how you look at it, and he said, he said, Five Bellies, get over here because he's still in England. He said, get over here, and uh, and and I'll pay for your flight, obviously, and and take this from me and take it back to England so it's safe. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know why giving it to Five Bellies back. A trustworthy and, career. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and Jimmy wouldn't believe him that this he'd been given such a thing, and and Gaza had to try and convince him, and he was so annoyed at Five Bellies for not for not uh, for not believing him that. That when he booked his plane, um, Jimmy turned up at the airport and he'd booked a flight from Newcastle to Madrid, yeah. then Madrid to Hamburg, <laughs> then to Paris, <laughs> then to Berlin. Then he, he took him all over Europe to That's get class. there with loads of. And he said it was it was one of his favourite pranks. He That's said he great. used to do it all the time to me because he'd say to people, "Yeah, I'll book your flight. You're on this flight." So they turn up at the airport and look. And he said the most elaborate one he did. Was to, he sent them to like. Southeast Asia to Italy. <laughs> <laughs> so you imagine turning up at the airport. I'm off to see Paul in Rome yet? Yeah. What's it? Singapore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's terrorism nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he loved the lifestyle in Italy, he said, and he loved his time there. Um, but unfortunately, because of injury, um, it, it just never quite happened there. But uh, but he did he did have have spells and and as you say, Pete, he was um, dearly loved by those Lazio supporters. He still is. He yeah. still is now. Yeah, 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 very much so. Um, of course, after Lazio, he signed for Glasgow Rangers in uh, the summer of '95 for around uh, 4.3 million, and he made an immediate impact there. And in his fifth league game, in more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely. Uh, in his fifth league game of the season, it was the uh, the old firm match uh, against Celtic at Celtic Park, and he scored um, a goal to to win the match two nil, I think it was. Um, but, but before the match, he said he was so nervous, um, and he. he Experienced nothing like the build-up, the tension, and the atmosphere of, mm. of an old firm derby. That, that before the game, um, this he, is the man who scored the equaliser in the Rome derby. This, exactly, yeah. he's played in a North London derby, yeah. the semi-final of the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he said he'd never experienced anything like it, and he went. Uh, he, he quickly nipped to the bar and had a large one. Did he? Yeah, <laughs> he nipped a, a loosener. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. he said it settled him down. And he said if Walter Smith knew that, he would have just gone mental. He does now. Walter, I well, Walter Smith actually kind of. 
to an extent, obviously, as much as you can curb his behaviour. He was a bit of a father figure to he him. He was a father he? figure yeah. to him, absolutely. Because he, he went to play with him at Everton, didn't he, as well? He did, yeah, yeah, yeah a bit it later. It was a very odd choice guys were even going to, to Rangers. But it worked out, though, it really did, because I think Smith knew the uh, the baggage that came with yeah. uh, signing Gascoigne, but he was confident he could do it, and he yeah. really got him playing there. Yeah. And, uh, it, well, once uh, before, the night before um, a, a Rangers game, the Gazza had just a couple of points, and he said to you know Walter Smith said to him, "Well, what'd you do last night?" He said, oh, "Nothing, just had a couple of points." And that, right? You're not playing today. Oh, really? Dropped him, bang, straight away. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, zero he, tolerance. Very much so. And that season, um, Rangers went on to win the league, and they clinched the title um, right at the end of the season. I think it was the second to last uh, game against Aberdeen, and Rangers went one nil down, and it was it was a bit of a Beckham versus Greece kind of yeah, performance okay, where yeah. that he was the team. Yeah. He scored a hat trick, and yeah. Rangers won three one. And his second goal, I can remember watching this, he picked it up just inside his own half and it was about the 80th minute and so I think Celtic were winning and it was going in and it was Rangers really needed to win that game to win the league, mm. if a draw it would have put Celtic in pole position going into the last day or, or something like that, I can't remember, but they needed to win and he just picked it up and he just drove and drove and it was such a hot day as well and he just burst through that defence and slotted home and just mental yeah, yeah. And, then, and then scored a penalty yeah, I can remember seeing, I didn't see him an awful lot of Rangers but I did see him a few times and I remember just sort of thinking to myself, even at the time, he could just do this at will in Scotland. Yeah, he's, yeah, he, yeah. He's, and no disrespect to Scottish football, and, and Gascoigne is rightly loved there at Rangers for obvious reasons, but he... He genuinely was a, a cut above, and he could do it whenever he wanted. It's sort of like you put you put on the old um, computer game, or whatever, and you, and you sit on the easy setting, and you're brilliant yeah. because, <laughs> yeah, 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 because, yeah. because they're so rubbish. It's like that, you know, and, and it, not because they weren't very good. And obviously, you got top professional footballers there, not the very top, but still good players. And Gascoigne yeah. just flew past them all the time. He, could, he was he, stronger then, I think. Oh, of course he was. Yeah, well. he could yeah, have been playing. Was. He could have been happily playing top flight English football. Yeah, oh, yeah, and, and he, he arguably should have been as well. But he was so happy there, and it, and it just it fitted so mm. well. I was enough to see him in the yeah. flesh play, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Rangers won the league, they won the Scottish Cup that year, and Gaz, you know, in his first season there, he's won the Players' Player of the Year and the Football Writers' Player of the Year. Um, and they won the league again um, in 96-97, um, and the League Cup as well the following season. But, but this was all the time when Euro 96 happened. Mm. And, uh, of course, he was playing for, for Rangers when they played against Scotland. And I remember Andy Gorham saying, he was a, the Rangers and Scotland goalkeeper at the time, he said, Said before the tournament, he said, "Oh, we 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 just hope. Well, obviously they want to beat England, but we just hope that we we one of the main reasons why we want to beat them is Gaz will be so obnoxious if they win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not only did they win, he produced a sublime piece of, of skill. The, one of the best goals I've ever seen. Yeah, to, yeah. To That's Colin Hendry. That, oh, yeah. yeah, Colin Hendry. And what a player Colin Hendry was. As well. <laughs> That's yeah. no mean. Oh, thing. he would have turned anyone inside out. Was Colin that, Hendry yeah. won the Premiership with Blackburn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know. Um, but he was he was great in that tournament, and uh, I mean that is one of my favourite moments in football. The fact oh, that, that we Gaz are doing that, and then it's a celebration as well. Yeah. The old dentist Joe and he lay on his yeah. back, and they yeah. squirted the water. Yeah. Yeah. It was just superb. We had our own little tribute to that earlier. Luke poured loads of bits of like chocolate rice crispy cake down. I my actually face, called it the dentist chair as well. Yeah. You did, yeah, yeah in honour. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I didn't even know we were doing this, but I did it anyway. <laughs> Strangely prophetic <laughs> and pathetic. Uh, when he was up in Scotland, they, there was a, a documentary team followed him around because he, he lived in a hotel in Scotland for a while, I think. I smell a sitcom. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were following him uh, around the streets, and he took him to um, a little Scottish cottage uh, along the streets, and he said, "Oh, I've forgotten my key. Hang on a minute." And he knocked on the door, pretending he'd knocked, uh, pretending he'd lost his key, and the door opened, and it was just some. 
the housewife in yeah. there, and he went, um, do you uh, do you wash with Daz? Daz Ultra? <laughs> and she's run and slammed the door. And he, he's just having a stitch the man is relentless. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. But um, there was also a story about... Um, him and his uh, one of his showbiz pals, famously Chris Evans, yeah. mm. and they were they were driving up uh, to where Gaz was staying in this hotel, and it was right on a on a beautiful lock up in Scotland, and and as they were driving up there, um, I think Chris Evans in the car, they they'd swapped their car, they'd stopped at the side of the road, and they went, look at us in this like BMW, you know, two poor kids with nothing, mm. and now look at us, mm. they went, let's go back to our roots. So they they just they they left the car at the side, went to some scrapyard, got some old banger, mm. and just started driving up to where Gaza was uh, staying, and they apparently the reports say they drove across the golf course, and Evans just kept going and just drove straight into the lock. <laughs> and the car sang and they had to swim to shore. God, this is like a top footballer. Yeah. You know, the insurance on him. This is mental. It's like Jimmy Bullard turned to 12, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think, in, in, a, in a way, it's a little bit sad because Evans and Baker and those people, I sort of felt bad for Gascoigne because he's mm. very easily led. He's a flawed individual and he's a wonderful footballer. And it's a shame that he was he was so... He, I mean, he always had a drinking buddy, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah And in yeah. a way, that was the undoing of him, you know. Yeah. And, it, and it, it is tinged with a little bit of sadness. And But, like you say, we're going to concentrate on the football and the good Stuff, so. Absolutely. So um, he was picked regularly um, to help England qualify for the 1998 World yeah. Cup. Yeah. I mean, he had injuries were coming in and disciplinary uh, problems were affecting his game. Um, and that kind of left him, Hoddle left him out of the 98 World Cup squad famously. Yeah, and he took it well, didn't he? Oh, which was a crying shame for, yeah. for all concerned. But, but he did, he, he, you know, he played uh, extremely well in Rome when England drew nil-nil to yeah. secure qualification. I think people forget yeah. how good an, a partnership, you know, him and Paul Lintz had yeah. in the middle. Yeah. And Beckham as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and, and David Beckham remembers when um, it was... Oh, they were on England duty, and it was when they'd qualified for the World Cup, and, and, and David Beckham said that, that Gazza turned to him, and he, he said it, Gazza and him got on really well, and he just said, oh, David, I love you, and I'm really looking forward to playing at the World Cup with you. Oh, no. And oh. Beckham said it was such a shame looking yeah, back yeah. at it in hindsight, you know. I thought he said, he's going to say, I love you, I'm going to really look after you, and him going, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look after myself, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. See, I would love to have seen the, the situation where Glenn Hoddle told him he wasn't coming to the, to the World oh, Cup, and then Gazza smashed the room. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I mean, it was one of those decisions where Gascoigne, uh, sorry, not Gascoigne, Hoddle had to pick one, two of about three or four players, and yeah, Gascoigne yeah. was unfortunately missed out. I mean, I'm not sure whether that was the right decision or not, looking back on it. Obviously, we didn't do anything in that World Cup, mm. so it may have been the wrong decision, mm. you know. But, I mean, you can never tell. It's just pointless to sort of speculate. But Gascoigne, I think, uh, I remember thinking at the time that he should have been in the squad, and I was gutted. Yeah. But that may have been more sentimental than anything else. But mm. he took it apparently very badly. Because I think that's what Gascoigne was like. He was, in a, in a lot of ways, he's like a, I don't mean it's disrespectful, he's like a child. Mm, very much And he so. only becomes an adult when he's playing football. Do you that's know what right. I mean? Yeah, that's what he right. lives to do. But it's a bit like, I don't know... You know, I would compare him in a, in a sense, in a sense, to y- if you watch that sort of Michael Jackson documentary. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't know what he's doing Unless stage. he's on stage, yeah. But exactly. on stage, bang, you I mean, can't beat him. I know the, the, the manager and the English FA don't owe Gascoigne a spot in the English squad sort of permanently, you know, but, but imagine how hard it must have been for a character like him to have to watch that World Cup. Yeah, I, 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 
bet he didn't even watch it. No. Well, yeah, he probably didn't, no. Well, but just before the World Cup um, in 98, he left Rangers to join Middlesbrough for nearly three and a half million. Mm. First match, it was um, he came on as a substitute in the League Cup final against Chelsea. Um, he didn't have the... He, he did OK at Middlesbrough. There was, there was flashes, but didn't have the best of times. But there was some, there was some antics going oh, on. My favorite, I've got my favourite one. Can I give you it? Go on. He used to go around Paul Merson's house. Yep. And yeah. uh, they used to take as many sleeping pills as they could and have bets on who could stay awake the longest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's in true. Merson's a nutcase. Yeah, well. that's not. Can you imagine too. those two together? That would be some sitcom. Well, Merson. <laughs> oh my god! Well, Merson made the '98 World Cup yeah, squad, exactly, of course. Yeah. Um, he once stole the Middlesbrough team bus yeah, at the training ground. Yeah. Uh, yeah, took it for crashed a drive, it. crashed it. Ten, <laughs> ten grand's worth of damage. <laughs> he walked into the Middlesbrough canteen once, uh, just wearing his uh, training socks and uh, something about a sausage. Whopped his, whopped his member on the plate and said, "Can I have some beans with me sausage?" Yeah, that's right. Hang on, going back to the £10,000 worth of damage in Middlesbrough. Yeah! <laughs> what did he crash into? <laughs> oh, very good. Cuss, oh, Middlesbrough. Very good. Cuss, do you hear that? Yeah. Um, I think this was when he was at Middlesbrough, but I'm not sure. And when they were playing away in London once, did he... Um, did he not? There was there was a workman in, on the street with a pneumatic drill, and he jumped out and he was like, "Give us a go on, give that. Us a go yeah, on I that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Was that Middlesbrough? I'm, I'm not sure when it I'll, was, but I've it happened. This, you know? I've heard the story. He did. I'm not sure if it was at Middlesbrough. Maybe people can fill us in. It, when he went, someone boot, they were training. And someone booted the ball over the fence. He went, "Oh, I'll go and get that." I think it was at Rangers. And then he went and he went and jumped on the fence and just completely disappeared. And apparently, <laughs> I'm not sure if it's true. Nobody but could get hold of few, him. He, and he disappeared for 24 hours. And apparently, to the minute 24 hours later, he jumped back over the fence of the ball. And there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so he likes a 24 hour like yeah, they, they all turned up to training didn't they Rio Ferdinand take note yeah. <laughs> that's how you do a murky Gazza is just the sort of person I can imagine he would just overwhelm you with his personality do you know what oh, I mean yeah, yeah. The, the, these pranks are just be like ingenious. having a kid around yeah yeah yeah, yeah totally um he he left uh, Robson's uh, Brian Robson's Middlesbrough in 2000, and uh, he joined Walter Smith at Everton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean that kind of made sense to Gascoigne. Yeah. You know, he played under the man and, and respected him greatly. Gazza was shortly. Uh, you know, after joining Everton, he was checking into the um, the Arizona rehabilitation clinic. Mm. Um, but he did play, um, you know, he did play all right at Everton in, in, in bits again. I just... I remember him being very sporadic at Everton. It was pretty yeah. much the beginning of the end, though, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, if that, I think that was the trouble with, with Gascoigne. It was always a bit bitty. He was never going to so be one of those problems. players who, who, who said, right, that's it. Because he lived for football. Do you remember yeah, that Alan Hansen right. documentary? That's right. And he said, and he, he was talking to Gascoigne, and, and Gascoigne was talking about... Um, you know things like um, oh yeah I can still get back in the England squad and stuff and, and Alan Hansen was like what are you, you know what are you talking about and it basically turned out like you know he's got nothing he had nothing to replace the mm. football with you know and that was it, that was his main problem if he could have played football every waking minute yes he'd been fine absolutely, absolutely fine you know yeah. it's just it was just between once he got off that pitch it was when the trouble started you no know? very much and so. the Everton thing I remember was the, sort of the beginning of the end around mm. the sort of turn of the century yeah but I, I do remember a couple of good performances oh Everton. he did though he still had the ability yeah. of course you know like, like we were saying about, about Ronaldinho earlier he's always yeah. going to have that ability you know, Paul Gascoigne would have that ability in his feet as long as he can stand you know, there's mm. no doubt about that you know but Walter Smith left Everton in, in March uh, 2002 and and, and, and Gaza, he moved on there, and he went to. Didn't play. Moyes want to keep him? I, I Moyes think, I think Moyes said, him. "Yeah, you'd you'd be included, you know, in the squad and all." But yeah. uh, but I think Gaza knew his time there was up, and mm. and he went to uh, Burnley for the remainder of the mm. 2002 season. Mm. Well, I saw, I saw I've seen Paul Gascoigne play twice actually. I've yeah. seen him play once for Burnley, which 
which I'd rather not remember. Okay. I remember Gascoigne for the good things. He wasn't that great then, and I think it was you know it was Paul Gascoigne the name rather than I think mm. he may have even been starting to people at Burnley. The players yeah. could be like, oh, I'm playing with Paul Gascoigne. You know, give yeah. him a bit of a lift. Sure, yeah. But I actually saw him play in, a t- in, a, in Paul. Remember Paul Walsh? Yeah. yeah. For his testimonial okay. at Fratton Park, he came down and played. He was well, excellent. Nice. It was really good fun. And then oh, everyone got on the pitch at the end, and it, and the, the measure of how many how many people love Gascoigne and how well loved he is is that when everyone invaded the pitch, as as was back then the sort of custom yeah. in a testimonial where everyone ran straight over to Gascoigne he never played for Pompey but everyone no, was straight over right. to him and he was surrounding him and stuff oh. so I actually saw Paul Gascoigne front of the Pompey show which was great oh fantastic yeah. Um, yeah and after that he had sort of brief spells in the Chinese second division funnily enough that was a documentary as well wasn't that it that was, was, yeah. a, that was a sad sort of state of affairs yeah yeah and then, and then he was um, player coach at Boston United but again these just lasted yeah. a handful of games at yeah. most and, Kettering uh, as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. He managed Kettering. I think it was thirty-nine days or something. Yeah. He was in charge, and then he announced his uh, full retirement in. 2004. Um, in August 2006, he visited uh, Botswana on behalf of the FA's International Outreach Week and played football with uh, the children from the uh, SOS Children's Village there. And that's the image I like. Yeah, yeah of course. You I, know. I, the reason I genuinely think if we can get someone to sort him out and he can sort himself out, and hopefully he is doing that, mm. um, he could be a real asset to, to lots of different clubs or yeah. because just because of the ability he's got and just because mm. of the, the fun-loving nature he's got. And if he can harness that, then he's still got a yeah. part to play on. If someone mm. could take him under the, their wing as a coach, and just sort of really sort of rein him in, then it, it could be it could be invaluable. I've long been of the opinion that people at the FA and rather than sort of um, take adopting this attitude of, especially when he was at his peak. I mean, from all these things you've been saying, like from very early on when he was doing this and doing that, you could see the seeds were there, being ready to grow as him being a bit unstable. The FA, I know it's not their responsibility necessarily, but. Now, or maybe a few years ago, the FA could have done a whole lot more to look after him, you know. Mm. He's not someone... Some people need looking after, you know. And some, and I, I just think... And I may be part of the mark, wide of the mark, but I think that in other countries he may have been looked after a bit better. You know, maybe they would have taken the time to sort of make, make sure he was OK and maybe do a little bit more for him. And, and I think the FA could have done a bit more, perhaps. Well, apparently Peter Beardsley recently has been doing a lot to help him out, like keeping his fridge stuck with, like, fruit and milk and stuff has like it? that and really, That's really looking after him, which is great. Yeah, yeah. I like that, I like yeah. that. Early in uh, the career of Paul Gascoigne, the footballer, the Juventus president, uh, Giannini uh, Agnelli described Gazza as uh, a dog of war with the face of a child. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> Just, yeah. but uh, Paul Gascoigne said recently that um, that he said I've learned that I just want to be respected for what I achieved on the pitch. I know I haven't achieved much off it, but I do know I've given pleasure to people watching me play football. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. And, and he is so yeah. dearly loved still yeah. by so many yeah. people. It's a testament. To, I mean, in a way, I mean, a lot of the stuff he's done, which has been silly, and the things he's done that have been pretty abhorrent off the pitch, it's, it's a testament to how actually good he was as a footballer yeah. that people mm. still revere him in this country. Very right? much and so. That, and that says more for his ability and his talent than, than anyone else could say. And, and Dean Windass, the very man who owns the, the Dean Windass Hall of Fame, yeah. wanted him in here. So he's here he in. is. Paul Gascoigne. Welcome. Come on in. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of the show. I hope you've had a lovely time. If you want to get in contact with us, the address is podcast at thefootballramble.com and the website is, of course, thefootballramble.com. 
there's a notice to be said. Yeah, um, we thought um, that we'd do this because we've got a football game, an 11 aside game against Pete's regular Sunday side. Yeah. Albion. Yeah, on the 9th of January, which is a Saturday, um, afternoon kickoff. It's in North London at Market Road. Now, we haven't got a goalkeeper. I played in goal last time, never knowingly lobbed, as you all know. <laughs> but I'm, um, <laughs> I'm actually been required and requested by several people to go up front. I don't think anybody's uh, hang on, hang on. I don't think, I don't <laughs> think anyway, that ever happened. I'm going up front. <laughs> so, <laughs> we need a keeper, and we don't want to do it ourselves. So we thought, if there's any keepers who listen to the show in the North London area on the 9th of January who want to come along and play, no time wasters, because you get found out, you know. Yeah. But the, God knows Luke has. But yeah, I mean, re- it, let, let's see if we can't find someone who's played football to a, a, a decent, decent level, level possibly. Yeah. To, re- to reassure you goal. slightly, you're not going to be worse than me. So you might as well come uh, along. To reassure you, we are a terrible Sunday league side, so don't <laughs> we, worry about it. We don't want anybody crap. No, we don't. <laughs> if you're interested and you want to come along, um, then email us on podcast at thefootballramble.com. And, and, and saying North London, I mean, it's one stop It's one stop from King's Cross, basically. Caledonian Road, Market Road pitches. Uh, it's all weather. It's nothing too difficult, nothing yeah. too cerebral. Is it a kick-off too? too hard. I believe it's two o'clock, possibly four o'clock. But we'll sort that but out when we get, we'll sort that get out in touch if you fancy it. And the people will definitely buy you a beer afterwards. And, yeah. the, and perhaps the people, the person with the best CV, if there's a few of you. Yeah, give <laughs> us a little, <laughs> give us a little uh, championship manager 2010 style uh, rundown <laughs> of your skills. It rates about twenty for each thing and what clubs <laughs> you play for. Uh, positioning, yeah. but yeah. be yeah. honest, work, yeah. agility. Yeah. Uh, well, that's uh, uh, but be honest, exactly, Marcus. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Interested parties called Luke on 07. <laughs> no, 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 no. But that's no. podcast of the football ramble. We've also, of course, still got the betway.com yeah. forward slash the football ramble uh, bets and shenanigans. I'm not going so. Well, it's I'm evening itself out, isn't it? Who's not? I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm hoping that 2010 will bring me a little bit of, uh, of luck, so to speak, some cash And I'm dollars. hoping the class continues to shine through, <laughs> Good lads. <laughs> and you can also, also get the uh, football uh, ramble t-shirts as Dean well. Dean Windows yeah. Wall The Dean, Han- De- Dean Handass Wall of <laughs> Hands. <laughs> the Dean Handass Wall of Hands That's uh, currently unavailable, that particular t <laughs> That's from another dimension, so we, we can't bring you that just yet. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Yeah, that gives me enough time to say goodbye, James or Jim. Goodbye. Goodbye, Pete. Yeah. And goodbye, Lukey. Why am I last? Goodbye. <laughs> Just say it. Goodbye. Um, uh, we're all off to 2010. Ooh. <laughs> Journey Ooh. with us. <laughs> what was that? A cat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cat <laughs> Becky was in that new LA advert now, haven't you? Have you seen that? Is that new California advert? You know yeah, the old when could you start? And then he kicks, he kicks a ball into the sea. With that's his left good. foot. That's no good. <laughs> Why well, is he doing his left foot? <laughs> Most famous right foot on the planet. Probably not allowed to use the other one. Yeah, yeah. Contractually. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.